Hello, hello, all of my beautiful freaking people. Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today is a very interesting episode, you guys. I don't know if you have watched the documentary on Netflix called The Most Hated Man on the Internet, but our guest today was at the center of it all. Sit back, grab a fucking cocktail, maybe the bottle, it's a fucking doozy, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19, can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter 6 yet. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no she didn't. Okay, you guys, first of all, if you have not watched this three-part documentary, I really urge you to go do that. It's fucking insane. I had no idea this story even took place, even though it was highly publicized. And seeing what this man got away with is mind-blowing. My guest today is Kayla Laws, and she was at the center of this entire fucking shit show. Her as well as her mother were the two people that really stepped forward and put up a fight to take this man down. Hunter Moore is the most hated man on the internet. He created a website called isanyoneup.com and it was basically a website where people could put up photos of you know, selfies they were sent or private photos that were texted between people in a relationship and they could post these nude photos on this website and people would go and just trash these women in the comments. There were men on the website as well, but it was mostly women. And what it was, was the first true revenge porn site. Back when this was happening, there were no laws against revenge porn like there are now. This case was actually the start of getting those laws put in place to where people can't just start victimizing women and posting pictures out of revenge on fucking random sites now. Thankfully, we have laws that are in place now. Back when this was happening, there was none of that in sight, and... Hunter Moore was actually, oddly enough, celebrated by a lot of people for coming up with this new, innovative idea. You guys, the documentary made me sick to my stomach. Like, the way he handled himself, the way that he spoke about these women, the way that he had such disregard for their feelings and their mental health and their lives is so awful. I, it's it was almost hard to watch. So I will let you go in and really do a deep dive and watch the documentary yourselves. It's definitely worth a watch. But when I turned on the first episode, my fucking jaw dropped and I was like, holy shit, I know this person. Um, we knew each other in high school. So I immediately reached out to Kayla and was like, first of all, holy shit, I'm so sorry. I had no idea that you dealt with something like this so publicly and in such a traumatic way. And secondly, can you please come on the podcast and share your story? Because I think it's so fucking empowering what you went through. She was the only victim that went and made a statement in court. And we're going to get into all the details of, of what took place. I do want to 
let everyone know there is a little bit of a trigger warning. We don't dig into anything that has to do around sexual assault, but she does reference rape in this as a metaphor. So I want to give everyone kind of like a preface of that. And, you know, there is a lot of unfortunate, misogynistic bullying in this episode. And I hope that... You know, I'm sure this <laughs> I'm sure this episode is going to reach the uh, the depth trolls of the internet and um, some of Hunter Moore's followers that he somehow still has. And if you guys are listening to this, first off, fuck you. And secondly, I hope you are able to learn something. A that women are not just some fragile fucking toy that you can do whatever you want with. We fight back and we fucking win. So with that, let's welcome Kayla to the show. Kayla Laws, welcome to FML Talk. I'm so fucking excited to have you here. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, okay, so I kind of in the intro gave a preface as to like what the fuck we're going to be talking about today. But let me tell you, when I turned on this documentary that was like trending on Netflix and within the first five minutes, I was like, wait a minute, I know this girl. Like, do I know her? And then they showed like your high school photo and I was like, oh my fucking God, like I know this person. This is wild. Yeah, I definitely look different now. Yeah, I mean, you had a a good glow up, but you know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So for people that haven't seen the three-part documentary yet, Give me a little bit of an intro as to how all of this shit show started. Yeah, so basically I was pursuing acting back then and I was a part-time server as well. And I was at my serving job. The hostess that worked at the restaurant that called me wasn't working that day and she actually called the restaurant and said can I talk to Kayla this is important so they said Kayla you have a call and so I said okay can you wash my tables I'll go outside like I was just very confused right and I um, answered the call and I was just like hello and she's like hey um I'm so sorry she started with I'm so sorry you're on this website it's called isanyoneup.com this guy who owns the website, Hunter Moore, is a total asshole and he will not take anyone's photos down. And I have so many friends who have tried to reach out and plead with him to try and get their photo down and he will not do it. And he just kind of like laughs at you and ignores you. And this is the first time you heard about the website? No. Oh, okay. When was the first time you had (laughs) heard about this? So this is actually the first time I've told anyone this. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I actually had a conversation with that hostess, maybe like, I want to say like a week or two before Uh it happened to me. Wow. And she told me about this website and the busser that worked at our restaurant was on the website. And I had this response to her, which I will, I will always feel terrible about. Yeah. I was like, who would be on that website? It was terrible. I was like super like judgmental. But I at the time thought that people wanted to be on the website. And I was just like, that wasn't me. You know, that was like the opposite of who I was, what I stood for. Very conservative. Like I had never taken a nude photo in my life prior to this experience, actually. And I was already in my like almost mid-20s. So so I was just have been very conservative with like my sexuality, like my whole life. Yeah. So 
she told me about it and I was just like, oh my gosh, like who would want to be on that website? Like I had a total misconception yeah. too. So I was in my room and I was taking just like selfies. Like back then I took a lot of selfies. I, you know, was interested in a career path that was very like self-centered. Vain, and vain as fuck. Vain, we're, we're, you know, right. I'm an actress. We can yeah, talk about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of like what I wanted to post was just like a selfie or like a, a picture of myself on Instagram or whatever, something cute. But I didn't. It was just me. Like I did the, that a lot back right. then. None of them nude or anything. But that particular night, I was just taking photos of myself in my bathroom mirror and I you can see my hand with the cell phone in the mirror and I was like you know what I think when I'm like 50 one day I'm mm. gonna like be curious like what my boobs looked like right. or what my body looked like when I was in my yeah. 20s like That's just so valid for documentation purposes like so this wasn't like you weren't sending a nude selfie to a boyfriend no. this wasn't like a sexting situation not that that fucking matters for where this conversation is going but it was no, like I the had most never. innocent yeah wow. I had never done that ever prior to then or then and then once this this situation happened, I didn't do it after either. Right. You know, obviously. Well, for yeah, obvious you're reasons. like I'm fucking scarred for the rest of my exactly. life. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so I decided to take a few topless. And then what's frustrating is like so many people don't believe this part of the like what I say, but it's like one thousand percent what happened. I've never been a very technologically inclined person. Um, now so I'm a little more because now everything's just completely uh, transferred to technology, and right. we have to be. But back then it was like so new everything was so different and changing and that was like the peak of like the change and right. and, and stuff but um I didn't really know a lot about like iCloud and how you could like sync things up back then mm -hmm. it was like I so still don't know a lot about yeah, iCloud <laughs> right and so at that time I was like well my cell phone's running out of space and I want to keep these photos somewhere so I ended up emailing them to myself in my like Gmail account. Right. And I just was like, let me just create a separate folder. I had tons of folders there that I created for different things for like, you know, acting stuff I had listed out, mm -hmm. like agents or auditions, whatever. And then I was like, meet my picks. So yeah. I ended up putting it in that folder. Which is totally valid. I've wanted to delete photos from my phone and I've emailed them to myself. Really? Yeah. Like whenever, like when I dealt with my whole fucking heartbreak situation and I needed to get Javier off my phone, yeah. I emailed all of those photos to myself really? so that if I ever needed to like dig them out yeah. of the ethers, that's where they were because I didn't want them on my yeah. technology at all. So that's like not that much of a weird stretch. I feel like so many people don't believe me when I say that because well, fuck those people. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's, it's pretty frustrating, <laughs> but it's good to know someone else has done that. Yeah. Because I, I feel like when I say that, it's like most people are like, well, that's odd. Like, no. Sounds like you really sent it to someone. And I'm just like, I swear I never but did. But that's the point. And then when you watch the documentary that like even the people that were sexting and were like, I have my fucking ex-husband probably has some like shady shit on me. So thank God that there's laws because of this situation yeah. in place now that those can't be used. Right. Because everybody's done that. Every almost everyone has like sent totally. a promiscuous fucking photo that they shouldn't have sent to someone at some point Absolutely. in their lives. So yeah. like even if that is the case, that shouldn't matter. Yeah. But you were even like on like the lesser of the scale like right. on the most innocent side I was of the situation so opposite of that and it's so funny actually the other day I was talking to my husband and I was like you realize literally no one has a photo of that of 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 me like that 
accept you. Right. Like you're like now the only one because right. he's my husband. It's yeah. different. You know, I was like, op- I was more open with that. Yeah. You know, but yeah, back then never sent it to anyone. Um, and I just happened to, to save it on my email and timing is everything. But that is when the hacker got into my email account and took my photo and put it on the website along with thousands of others, you know, uh, some hacked, some self-submitted, some revenge porn, some with like one person's face on a fake body to try and make it look like it was oh, a that's porn f- photo of someone. Oh, yeah. wow. They did a lot of really messed up things. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 and use code FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLTalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. That's what's so crazy is that like when you start watching the documentary, you're like, okay, this is shitty because it's presented as there are guys that are pissed off because they got fucked over or they got dumped or they're like, you know, revengeful for some reason. And then they submit these photos that were obviously a sexting thing or obviously, you know, sent to them or that they like got somehow. But the fact that like the man who did this website, Hunter Moore, had hired a hacker Mm -hmm. to go into people's private emails. Like, how did they even know about you to go into your email to hack photos to then put on this site? Like, how did they pick their victims? So the hacker actually grew up in Studio City. So (laughs) now looking back on it, actually like 10 years later, I'm realizing that probably we had a lot of mutual friends in common just in the Valley growing up. Yeah. And one of my best friends was actually just my maid of honor in my wedding. She's the one that he went onto her account on Facebook posed as her. So I thought it was my best friend talking to me saying, Hey, I lost my cell phone and I can't get into my email. Can, if I send my five digit code on my email account if i give them your phone number wow can you give that back to me and i was like yeah of course yeah that's actually like as far as like the scammings go these days that's actually a pretty legit way Mm -hmm. to like pose as your best that's sketch as fuck yeah so he had already hacked into her but she didn't have any photos to take and then he got into my email so he was using it through Facebook and email, yeah. trying to go anywhere and everywhere and every like nook and cranny of people's like 
internet life yeah. to try and find nude photos. And he was doing thousands a day. Like it was like a full time, like he probably stayed up super late at night too doing this, like constantly yeah. getting like, oh, well I can get paid for these because Hunter paid him. Right. His name was Charlie Evans and um, and Hunter paid him to hack into people's accounts and grab them. And it's just, for me, timing really my photo I just took for right. the first time ever, and I put it in a folder called My Picks. If I was trying to hide it, yeah. you know what I mean? I wouldn't have just been like, My Picks. Right. Right? Yeah. So, where did he look? In a folder called My Picks, right. and he found it. Oh my God. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're at work, you get this call from the hostess, and she's like, I'm so sorry, but you're on that website. What's the feeling that like went through your body? Yeah, this is actually the first time telling the story that I haven't gotten choked up because it still brings back so many like traumatic experiences. And like even just saying that makes me a little choked up. But like But that's healing and growth. So yay for that. Yeah, totally. It was it was so, so traumatic. Um my heart was like beating out of my chest and I felt like so violated. Yeah. My privacy just like stripped from me yeah and something that I never wanted out there it's like you do something in the privacy of your own home and then all of a sudden it's all over the internet for people to see yeah like and there were thousands millions of views a day on this website like he had so much traffic yeah and so, um, and I didn't know that at this time, but just to have known a photo was taken from me, that was yeah. such a private thing. Like I I felt like my heart drop into my stomach. Yeah. And anytime that happens, um, I call my mom. Right. So she was the first person I called and the only person I called, the only person I told. Um, and I remember I was on the phone with her and I was like, mom, something terrible happened. And I was like, are you by your computer? Go onto this website. It's called isanyoneup.com. And she was like, Kayla, what's going on? Like, you know what? And I'm like, just go to this website. So she goes onto it and she's like, what is this? And I'm like, mom, just go to page two. Like I'm on there. I don't know like how they got my photo. I don't know what happened. I don't know what to do. I have to finish my my shift at work. Like, can you help me? Like, please, I, I need to get this photo down. And so, you know, our conversation had to end because I had to go back to work. And I remember leaving it so open-ended, like what's going to happen? I have to now finish out the rest of my day and hoping that like my mom can help somehow. And I had no idea that at this point, this was the beginning of her getting like really sucked into something that she like felt she needed to like. Yeah take down yeah so we're gonna go down the path of like your incredible fucking mother Mm because like look my mom would die for me and go to the ends of the earth for me but if i called her and was like my photos on a website she'd be like how do i get to the website (laughs) like she's like so not tech savvy so to watch your mom and how this all played out was incredible shocking and like so badass i i can't imagine how it would have been to deal with all of this without a support like that. Yeah. It's really, really crazy. Um, I feel very lucky. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, it was wild. So do, on the on the website, like it's fucked up in the first sense that they put all these pictures out there. But what's more fucked up is that all of these like lame ass keyboard warriors like that are fucking jacking off in their mom's basements go on these photos and say horrible fucking things. 
Yeah, and not only that, something that wasn't in the documentary to explain like more my experience is the restaurant I worked at. Not only later that night, I like spilled water all over these customers and I never did anything like that. And I had to justify what I did by saying there was a death in the family because that's the only, that's how it felt to me. Right. It was like a part of me like had died basically. But other than that, there was an assistant manager that worked there that was so mean to me and mass sent out the photo (gasps) to all the staff, like the kitchen staff, the dishwasher, like anyone and everyone, like the manager too. Oh my God. And said, I could get you fired for this. Oh my God. What is wrong with people? Yeah. And it was a woman. And oh my God. I hope she got fired. And if you're a fan of the show and you're listening to this, please excuse yourself. <laughs> you oh know what's funny? God. I actually saw, I was like still following her on social media and I was like, why am I following? And I like clicked on follow. I That's was like, I don't know why I was still following her after all these years. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So did, did you ever go onto the site and like get into a wormhole of reading the comments on your photo? Back then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I mean, there were still some, some comments that like were, that got to me and made me feel uncomfortable. But a lot of them were like, you know, oh, that's an amazing curvy body. Like, right. oh, like, like, you know, like, let's have like, like nice tits. Let's fuck. Like, yeah. like basically what they wrote on there. But I, I didn't really have a lot of comments under my photo of people saying like really mean things. Yeah. Like, listen, the photo was of me topless and I was wearing no makeup. Because I literally was sending it to no one. So the photo was out there and one person was like, she's like a butterface. That was the meanest comment I got. And I was like, dude, I wasn't trying to look good in the photo. I I literally like was just like, whatever, this is just for my boobs, like for me. Yeah. You know, um, that was the meanest comment I got like under my photo. But like years later and as the years progressed and like time went on, I continued to get a lot of really nasty comments. Like I sent the photo and that you wanted it, you deserved it. Like all these really, really negative mean things. Like victim shaming. Exactly. A lot of victim shaming I got for a very long time. For a very long time. I still get them like every now and then now. From the documentary? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. still getting like, are they men? They're like fake accounts, like right, people right. with like one photo and no posts. Yeah. And Welcome to my world, yeah. girl. We yeah. love those trolls. They just yeah. give us content for days. <laughs> exactly. Lots of trolls. But, you know, not as many as like what I'm getting with like the love and support. And, yeah, I like, bet. I can't even imagine. People believing me and like yeah. saying I'm brave and all yeah. these wonderful things. Yeah. It must be really fulfilling after such a long fucking journey. It's so fulfilling and I get chills even just like when with you saying that like I just got chills because like it took this long yeah for me to get closure yeah and I think I personally sent a letter to the producers and they live in England and I was just like thank you for the closure because it took like 10 years yeah for me to get that yeah it was like such a hard time people like just like decimating my character and yeah. who I was and like for people to now turn around and say like you know you're brave and like thank you for helping all of us and, yeah like, everyone that needed that yeah you know? because let's be real like without you and your mom like going to bat this shit wouldn't have been taken down in such a massive way yeah so once the photo goes up and you're like mom what the fuck help me kind of like give me a brief overview of like the steps of the wormhole she went down like first of all everybody like go watch the fucking documentary like it's worth it it's three episodes it's fantastic but like give us a brief overview of 
how because it really went from your mom trying to protect her daughter and find a solution to like her putting herself in harm's way yeah and it like the arc of that was really scary and empowering to watch at the same time because i've I've gone through a very, very different hacking experience with my ex-husband. Yeah. And I know the the violating fear that they instill in you without even picking up the phone to call you. And it's like you physically are like not feeling safe in your own home without them doing a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. And yours was on such a more massive scale. So give me a little kind of like timeline of, you know, your mom's journey involving with this. Yeah, so basically we got off the phone. She knew that she needed to get to work to get my photo off the internet. And um, at first, I think she really tried to like understand what the what the website was right. initially. Like what is going on here? Like explore the website a bit more and try and figure out like what avenues do I need to take? Yeah. And she reached out to Hunter's attorney multiple times, and that didn't do anything. She reached out to uh, his advertisers on his website that were actually like paying him yeah. to be on the website. The hosting account, the hosting manager that like hosted his website, yeah. his publicist she reached out to. She reached out to, uh, she was trying to reach out to his mom actually. Um, and I love that moms always try and go to the mom. Like I remember when my ex-husband was like doing all this crazy shit. She's like, should I call his mom? And I'm like, mom, <laughs> he's a fucking sociopath. Like what is calling his mom going to do? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So she tried to call his mom's work and little did she know it was actually his form, his mom's former work. Uh-huh. But she actually ended up getting in touch with like all of his mom's former employees or former coworkers. Yeah. And they were just like, they had her on speaker and they were like all gathered around the st- speakerphone while she was telling them what was going on and what their former co-worker's son Whoa. was doing and they were just like all shocked yeah and then he goes onto twitter and he's like yeah someone just called my mom's like old work ha 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 oh dude and she she like obviously like tried to just get to him like online we emailed him and he just like ignored us and like basically like well prove it that you were hacked Right. And then silence. Every which way, like every angle you can think of, she tried to go that route. Yeah. And it just didn't work. Yeah. And then finally, you know, for a while, I was so ashamed of this photo being out there. I didn't even want my stepfather to see it. Yeah. Um, who I, you know, I was living with my mom and my stepdad at that time. And I didn't want him possibly seeing the photo because yeah. along with everyone that was looking at it on the, the website, I didn't want him seeing it. And I yeah. know he doesn't go on websites like that. So I'm like, okay, well, if I can stop my stepdad from seeing this or knowing about like this embarrassing thing, then I'm going to try. So yeah. I didn't want my mom to tell him. I also, side note, didn't even tell my real dad who lives in New York and like that whole family. Yeah. They're super conservative. And I didn't tell them until like this whole thing even ended. Wow. I wouldn't tell like a lot of people. Yeah. Unless they just happened to like go on the website and know about it. Right. You know? But my stepdad finally had to find out because he's an attorney. So I really lucked out. Yeah. <laughs> with a really he badass with mom. The, he fucked with the wrong people in the valley, dude. Seriously. <laughs> so I had an attorney and a badass mom on my side. Yeah. And so he, like I said in the documentary, he got to all these people and then it stopped with me 
literally, quite literally, like it all came to a halting stop with me. Yeah. And so my stepdad, being an attorney, reached out to the attorney, Hunter's attorney again. Yeah. And said, you need to remove this photo under copyright law. And if you don't, then you're going to have a case on your hands mm-hmm. and it's going to cost thousands. Yeah. And you have 30 minutes to do it. Yeah. And he is British. And there's something about when you hear a British man <laughs> speaking or, or woman or anyone British speaking, and they're doing it with like the utmost conviction. Yeah. You're like, whoa, I don't want to mess with them. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you might be royalty. I should shut the yeah. fuck up and do what you say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's older as well. And so you can feel the authority when he speaks. Yeah. So um, we kept refreshing the page and refreshing the page that I was on. Oh and my God, the anxiety that must have been in your body during that time, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I finally felt so free once we refreshed it and it was gone. And it just said like, page not available. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, it's over. Yeah. It took nine days, wow. but it felt like years. Yeah. And I mean, you lost you lost a job during that time mm-hmm. that you had booked as an actress, yeah. yeah, which we know is fucking few and far between. And yeah. when you're working your ass off and auditioning time and time again to try and book a job to lose that, that yeah. you got in the one percentile of people in LA, like is must've been so devastating. It was. And yeah. what was their reasoning when they reached out to tell you that you had lost that? I mean, they just were like, we decided that all this negative publicity and like, I'll preface this by saying like everyone was on Hunter Moore's side. Like all this publicity that he was getting was like praising him. So I looked like someone who was trying to come out against this man everyone loved. Which is wild. Like how how that even makes sense that everyone was like, yeah, like let's put a bunch of like naked girl pictures on a website and like have people talk shit about them. What? <laughs> well, I think it, what it was is Nobody believed that he was hacking. Nobody believed me and my story. Right. And so what they thought was, this guy is so innovative. Like, this is a new website idea of putting porn photos. And, like, you can get away with it because you're not... Nobody thought he was breaking any laws. Right. Right? So they were like, wow, this man, like, he's come up with this new idea. Mm -hmm. And we want to interview him. We want to like figure out who he is and what he's all about. So they were like enamored by him without realizing what he was really doing behind closed doors. Yeah. And even if he hadn't had the hacking element, like it's still fucked up. It's still not okay. And it's still fucking gross. Mm -hmm. And like watching him like revel in that and like love the publicity and be like, yeah, I'll go on talk shows and fucking like soak it all up. And like, even though people are looking at me like I'm a giant piece of shit, like was even more cringy. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of people who did the publicity thought that they were all just self-submitted photos. So the idea of like, oh, wow, like people can be on this website that want to be on this website that are self-submitted. And so that's a genius idea. Like it's porn, but like self-submitted porn. Yeah. Without realizing like he then felt the pressure to like keep up with all the photos and there weren't enough self-submissions. Like how many people really do want to be on there? Right. I mean, there were some, of course. Yeah. But like to keep up with the amount of like massive following he gained from that and like the need, like the addiction that some people had of like, I need more, I need more. And then him wanting to get more of that fame. It was a cyclical thing of like a sick cyclical thing of like, I need to get more and I'll do anything. I'll start hacking, you know, let me pay someone to like make my website even better in that way. And so when you lost that job, what, what did they say when you got that? 
I'm assuming it was an email or a call. Yeah, it was basically just like, you know, we've decided to cast someone else now. So because of this specifically, Mm -hmm. that must have been so devastating. Maybe I'm like resident people maybe that are listening are just like, yeah, okay, you lost a job. But like as an actress, like I know how fucking gut wrenching that must have been. Yeah. And honestly, this is what really caused me to like reflect on my life as a whole too and the fact that I was pursuing a career that did put me out in the public Mm. like that's what I was pursuing and I realized Mm. that's not what I wanted right you know like at that time getting so much negative attention yeah it I turned into like a recluse and I was like I don't think I want this anymore like I don't want all this negative energy so I was like I need to change my life around completely and I just stopped pursuing acting entirely yeah And I then decided to pursue real estate. And now I'm a real estate agent. And I have been for 10 years. And my mom was one. So it was a natural progression for me to kind of get into that as a career that I grew up around. Yeah. But I realized that was more along the lines of what I felt safe and comfortable with. Well, especially after an experience like what you went through. Yeah. So your photo gets taken down. And you're like, oh my God, it's over. We can all breathe and sleep and like go back to our lives. And your mom's like, uh, no. <laughs> so what do you think it was in her that needed to continue pursuing this? And when was it that it went from doing God's work, if you will, to like, this is putting us in danger? I think the reason why she felt this need to continue is because that's just ingrained in who she is. Like yeah. she's always been an advocate. She has fought for a lot of civil rights growing up and animal rights, now women's rights, gay rights. Like she's always been an advocate for kind of like the underdog. Um, she's always felt this like massive empathy for anyone like struggling or like being pushed down in life or in society. Yeah. So that's just been always who she is. And then on top of that, when she was working on trying to get my photo down, she actually started this control group, if you will. Mm-hmm. She reached out to 40 victims mm. and she's like, I'm going to reach out to 40 victims and see which ones have been hacked, which ones wanted to be on the site and were self-submitted, which ones were revenge porn that someone sent it to someone else and was submitted. And she reached out and found out that 40% of them had been hacked. And the way that she thought to do that was because not only was I obviously telling her I was hacked, but I had a friend who I found out was on the website and Mm. I reached out to her and I said, I'm so sorry you're on this website. And she was married. She had sent the photo to her husband who was on tour and he was in a band. And she was like trying to still keep her relationship a bit spicy or whatever. And she like emailed the photo to him. And so I told her. And then when I told my mom that my friend had also been hacked, she's like, well, a lot more people might be hacked than we think. Yeah. So she reached out and found out 40% had been hacked from her control group. Yeah. And so she started reaching out to like a total, like so far a total of like uh, 500 people she reached out to, like in total. And she felt this connection to each and every one and this need to like fight for them as as I did, you know, when when it came time to like go to court at the end. But she didn't want to leave them high and dry, you know, she she knew what it felt like for me to feel lost and alone and hopeless. And she felt like, this is a fight that I've already started and I can't leave these other men and women behind and I need to continue and do what I can, you know? And so she, she continued to fight and, um, so many things. I mean, 
I don't even know where to start what she did. People can people can watch the documentary to see like the lengths that she yeah. went to, but or eventually she got the FBI involved. The crazy part to me was that they couldn't because there was no law in place for revenge porn being illegal that they couldn't do anything about. So they had to like follow the lead on Hunter hacking people to illegally obtain these photos right. to put them on the site. Right. And and also my mom gathered a lot of evidence. She perused that website and printed a lot of evidence from that website yeah. before it was actually sold. The domain was sold. So Hunter actually took the website down yeah. when he sold it, but then he threatened to put a second version up, which would actually have all the victim's home address yep. and their directions to their home as well. Just so and, insane to me that that's yeah. even like in the realm of possibility for someone to be able to do and so scary. Yeah. And so your mom was active on Twitter um, trying to advocate for the victims, trying to like bring attention to this. And there was a time where you guys were getting full-on death threats. So my mom actually handed over to the FBI like a 12-inch thick file of evidence that she had and, you know, hoped that the FBI would like move forward and yeah. start investigating, which time had gone by, like seven months had gone by and we were like, well, maybe they're not investigating. And like Hunter had sold the domain. He's threatened to have that second website be put up. Yeah. And then my mom actually went on Twitter and was like, well, you're threatening to, to put all these addresses up. Let me put your address up. So he put, she put his address up on, on Twitter. What a boss move, dude. Yeah. Well, boss or wildly stupid you know? well like, i was really scared in the middle. yeah i was really scared because i'm like mom why are you doing that like i can we stop like these yeah. people are crazy we don't know who his followers are we don't know if they're convicted felons right we don't know how crazy his followers would be like we don't know hunter moore could just be like someone in his mom's basement which is what right. we think he was but we don't know who these other people are that are like his hardcore yeah like children because he was the father right you know right so we didn't know who they were dealing with and once that happened they saw my mom as someone who was really trying to fuck with him yeah and so then they were like we're gonna fuck back basically yeah sorry that was the wrong, <laughs> no, wrong no. term that Not was accurate back, though but <laughs> fuck with her back yeah and so one thing that the documentary didn't show is we actually had a stalker at our house Oh so my God. one day I was in the the dining room and my mom was in the kitchen, which was adjacent to the dining room. And we have this big window where you can see out to the street and we live on a cul-de-sac. Mm -hmm. And um, there was this odd car, like I didn't recognize it. It wasn't any of the neighbor's car. I was like, that's strange. The next day, same car was back, driving back and forth in odd patterns. Mm -hmm. And I was like, something really shifty here is happening and then they parked right in front of our house on the other side of the street and i was like mom there's like someone who parked outside the front of our house it's really weird just something was happening and led me to say someone's here yeah so she looked out the window too and then she just started heading for the door and i'm like mom where are you going <laughs> and i like followed her and so we both opened the door and walked out and walked over to the person's car whoever this was like some 20 something year old one of his followers probably and we were like hello can i help you yeah and he whipped his head up 
looked at us, didn't realize we were there and zoomed off so fast that he almost hit the neighbor's house because the, the street is on a curve. Yeah. And it was like, well, obviously right. he didn't want us to see him. Yeah. And it was so strange. And you guys were like sleeping with weapons under your bed at some point in fear of yeah. these crazy fucking people coming to your house to try and like fight back. Yeah. So once the stalker thing situation happened, we got really scared. My mom bought locks for the house, the gates on the side. And then we slept with like rods under our bed. My mom got a fax basically saying like, like a death threat. Like basically they were going to like kill her if she kept fucking with Hunter Moore. A fax? Yeah. Stop. Well, <laughs> no, I know. 10 years ago. I know, but still that's terrible. No, but that's what happens in horror movies where it's like beep, beep, beep. And then the fax slowly comes yeah. out and it's like some threatening fucking message. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Yeah. And she was getting viruses sent to her computer. Yeah. You know, like calls. It was it was really scary. Okay, so walk me through, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were the only victim to make a statement in court. Yeah. Walk, walk me through what that was like for you on that day. Like he's on trial, the day in court has come, and you're responsible for speaking for... God only knows how many victims that have been on this site. What was that like? Yeah, um, I know that the FBI had initially told my mom that they were going to reach out to a bunch of victims and try and see like who else would, would give a statement and no one else would. Like everyone else was deathly afraid of his following yeah. and like being involved in that, getting themselves back into kind of like the mix of that whole society that yeah. he had created. And I guess I felt that protection with my mom on my side that yeah. I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'll do it. I was very apprehensive at first. I didn't want to be in the public eye either and and stand up there and like face him because I had never met him before and he seemed just like a total douchebag and like this terrible person that I was just like, I don't want to face this guy, Yeah, you know? But I felt like I had to. I felt like I was the only one who was so close to everything that was happening. I had the perspective that all these other victims didn't have because right. everything that was happening to my mom and really gaining this understanding of so many people that had been affected on a greater scale mm -hmm. and then having the FBI involved and then also having Anonymous get involved and like being so close to everything that happened. I was like, it is my duty right now to stand up and like represent everyone else that was so horribly affected by this man. Yeah. And what was it like, like looking at him in court? <sighs> looking at him in court was like, to me, it was like, this is ridiculous. Like this guy is smirking and yeah. like laughing. And I'm just like, how? It was a big fucking joke. It was a joke. Like he just was like, this is ridiculous. Like I... I felt like he just didn't give a fuck and he was not sorry at all. And I was like, I can't understand how you can be like a human being standing there doing this to so many people, being brought to court and still acting this way. Right. Like the FBI got involved. Yeah. Anonymous got involved. Yeah. Like that's pretty major. And for you to still have the same attitude. Yeah. Like you're a psychopath. Yeah. And what he was found guilty. What was his sentence? He actually took a plea deal. <laughs> of course. Um, to get less. And what was that deal? Do you know? So he um, pleaded guilty to identity theft and hacking. OK. 
Okay. And he got two and a half years, as did the hacker. Mm-hmm. And the hacker is actually the only one who turned around and looked at me directly. And I, of course, looked at the ground when he did this because I didn't want to even look him in yeah. his eyes. But we were both in the pews together, um, like he was in front of me. And he said, I'm so sorry. Mm. And Hunter never apologized. Right. But I felt this like feeling of like genuine, like I'm sorry from yeah. Charlie, the hacker. Yeah. And so I, I don't know, like th- there was a complete different feeling from him than Hunter. Yeah. But they both got sentenced the same time, two and a half years. And they both got less time overall. Like it got cut shorter, yeah, sure. like six to nine months. Yeah. So I remember the day I found out that they were out of prison, I was like, crap, I'm scared. Like, yeah. are they going to come back after me? Right. Because I stood up to them. I basically put these guys in prison. And yeah. like, now I'm so vulnerable. Yeah. To Do you them. still feel that fear? Now that the documentaries, documentaries come out. Yeah. You feel that again because of the documentary or you feel more safe? I, no, I feel, well, let me just like, for real, I'm always scared. Mm. Like I work out at a gym and it's a CrossFit gym and we go running outside. And sometimes during the workouts, I'm on a separate, like I'm either running ahead or behind other Mm -hmm. people. So sometimes I'm out on the street running by myself Mm -hmm. and I won't do that. Like I get scared all the time randomly that like a van is going to come up and just steal me. Oh my God, that's And that's something horrible. I live with all the time. Like I don't like, it's, it doesn't hinder me or all the time. You know what no, I mean? Like it's horrible. not, it's not like crippling, but like, it's a thought that I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't run this whole distance. I should probably run this distance twice right. over here and stay off the street. Like Ugh. just as a woman and as someone like more vulnerable to yeah. like just being like stolen. Have you experienced bullying from his like trickle leftover followers since the documentaries come out? Oh yeah, and he's just as bad as he was before. He has this new underground platform and it's called a Discord. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it's really bad and there's like like almost 700 people on it at one point. What is in it? Time. There are nude photos on that, self-submitted. They're saying, like the comments are terrible. People are saying really, really mean comments to people on there like bullying people and there's also some word that there's like underage people on that website this guy just doesn't fucking like i'm sorry you just got out of prison Mm -mm. bro and now you're doing the same shit Mm -hmm. what he is addicted to his followers yeah and so sadly this documentary releasing has also gave it given him another platform for his right, name right so like there are people that are sick and twisted out there that are yeah, like yeah like, fuck yeah yeah you're my god Ugh. and that's always how they've been and so there's always going to be people out there like that yeah um but also it's it's gratefully i'm i'm grateful that it's also allowed a light to shine on yeah. like who he really is and what he has done because back then all these publications, I mean, like Rolling Stone did an article about him, like praising him. And I'm just like, shame on them, yeah. dude. What? Yeah. He was on like Dr. Phil, Dr. Drew. And they were like, Dr. Drew was actually like, like kind of friends with him. Like when my mom was like on that show, it seemed like he was like buddy, buddy with Hunter. But now 
he knows the truth. And so now right. he thinks obviously like what he did was terrible. Yeah. But back then it was like nobody knew the truth and they just thought that me and my mom were coming out into the public to like try and get attention. Like and that the 15 we were, minutes. Yeah. That's so unbelievable to nobody me. Nobody believed us. I can't believe he has a new fucking site up already. I was going to ask you if you know and have like kind of followed this whole Andrew Tate thing. I have not followed it. So something about like the experience that happened to me is like... It's too triggering. It was so traumatic that I actually like tried to erase it all from my memory. Yeah. Because like when something so traumatic happens, like you want to erase it. Yeah. You want to forget it even like existed in your life. Yeah. And so like sometimes that's why it's like hard for me to even remember like things that happened because I'm like, wait, like... You really tried to, to get it rid back. of it. Yeah. And then that's when the emotion comes back right. too. Right. So that's what's been hard for me is like, oh my gosh, like I have to go back to the time. It's like being raped and then going back to the very moment like that your perpetrator was like on top of you. Like right. what happened? What did he look like? And I'm just like, I have to put myself back in that position again. Yeah. You yeah. know? That's really... Ugh. But I'm so happy that Andrew Tate was like was banned yeah so that's what i was gonna say yeah we had um a couple weeks ago we had barrett paul who's a big influencer tiktoker and his videos and his petition was really the one that like started getting attention to get andrew tate's instagram and twitter taken down and i'm like why has why has this not happened to hunter why does his instagram still exist and like right when i finished the documentary I went to go see if it was still up and there's comments like, why have they not taken this page down yet? Like, why is this still like, why are you allowing this human to exist on a public platform when he went to jail for existing on a public platform? And it's, it's fucking wrong. Like people that are running these social apps need to take more responsibility in protecting all of their users that use it and getting the fucking sick and twisted people off. I agree. I agree. I I had a lot of people reach out to me that were supporters of mine that were like updating me on his uh, social media platforms and saying like, he just got banned. So he was getting banned and then it would come back and Mm. then he was getting banned and then it would come back. So it was back and forth with Hunter because so many people were reporting him for being on. Yeah. So I think he's back like I think he's back on, but I don't think he's really using it as much because he keeps getting banned. Right. So now he's just on this Discord thing. I don't know what it is. It's like some underground thing. Something crazy is I actually got a call from this girl who found my phone number because it's like my work phone number. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm so sorry to to bother you at work, but I I used to run Hunter's fan page. Mm And this is a female. Like yeah. she was a huge supporter of his. She actually thought that they had something like special together. When he was in prison, he would like write her. Oh my and god, it's so cringe. Like he and is just it's so creepy. Yeah, and he apparently had like a lot of anxiety and he was like a whole different person when he was in prison, like a lot more vulnerable. So she said she saw like a whole different side of him. Right. Well, yeah, when you're right. Okay, I was going to make a really poor taste joke. Never mind, (laughs) let's move on. Okay, continue. (laughs) But she called me and she apologized like so wholeheartedly. And normally I'm the type of person where I would be like, that's okay. Like, you don't have to apologize. Like, thank you. I was just, I let her apologize and I didn't say anything. And I was just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, well, 
So basically she called me because she's now no longer a fan and a supporter of his. She's completely gone against him because he's now turned around onto her and all of his fans are coming after her and he's not supporting her as a friend and she supported him all those years. So she came to me and she's like, I need your mom to contact me, please. So I gave my mom her phone number and they talked for like, hours yeah and so she's been on actually a couple of interviews my mom's been on and Mm -hmm. so now she's speaking out about this so it's pretty crazy there's not not only her but like there's been other people who have been like I was friends with him and like now I see like I and they've totally jumped ship there still are so many followers unfortunately of his on this new discord platform it's like absolutely insane to me yeah if you could say like what's the one silver lining or takeaway that you've been able to have from this like horrible situation that literally happened to you out of your control what do you think that would be i think back then i mean the only silver lining was like that i was able to be the voice for so many yeah now the silver lining is like a more personal silver lining of like the vindication I've received from like actually feeling like people believe me. Yeah. Because I was called a liar and a whore and a slut and like so many degrading names back then. Yeah. That now to have all these really sweet messages of people saying that they support me and something happened to them and like telling me their story and being really vulnerable with me has outshined everything that I went through like 10 years ago now. Yeah. So it's like kind of been a full circle moment. And and I'll say like up until the very last day, the producers of Netflix were about to leave, I said no because mm. I didn't want to reopen that can of worms. Uh, uh, was, up until they were about to leave where? They were going to go back to London. Okay. They were done filming. Oh, like they were wanting to interview you and you yeah. hadn't done it yet. Yeah. And your mom had? Yes, Netflix Netflix wanted me in it so bad. They kept asking and asking and asking. And I had a uh, Zoom call with them. I had two. And the first Zoom call call I had with them, um, I had to recount everything that happened. And I was just like so, so like emotionally drained. Yeah, I bet. I felt so down and I felt like just like back in the place I was in that I tried to escape from yeah. mentally and everything. Yeah. And so I sat down and had a conversation with my then fiance. And, you know, he's like, if this is what it's going to do to you, don't do it. Right. Like it's not worth it. Right. For your like own mental, mental health. health. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I can't do it. I responded to them and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like this is just too much for me. And um, they respected it completely. And then I had, it was like, Months later, I had another conversation with my fiance again. And um, and I think I had felt a lot more empowered because I had been seeing my mom filming and I had been talking to her about it. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? This actually might be a really great thing, like telling this story because like society has changed so much now compared to 10 years ago. And like, maybe it will help so many that I like, tell my story and like what I went through and like what I stood up for. Yeah. And so the last day I said, okay. And the producer was like, 
oh no, we have to schedule like this whole interview right. for one day. And um, and it was thundering and lightning and raining, and we were we were filming in like an like an airplane pathway, so there was like sound going over, and it was like hilarious because it was like I finally said yes, and they were like desperate right. to get my interview, but all these things were coming in the way. You're like, sorry, can you make that tear drop down your face again? Because that was really great, but we didn't catch right. it. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up saying yes, and they it was literally one day of me filming. Wow. Yeah. And are you glad now that you did it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm very glad. I, I feel like I contributed. I mean, and I did. It's just that like for people to see it now and yeah. know that like I was the victim, the only victim in court to stand up. Yeah. You know, and I like I mean that's a huge part of it. Like yeah. I you're you and your mom are the most important parts in that documentary. Yeah, absolutely. Like we we were the voice, you yeah. know? Like uh, there were so many other aspects obviously that came into play, but like without us pushing back and like fighting like yeah you know and and me going to the judge and yeah. telling my story and that like your honor i've never met this man in my life like he he like ruined my life along with many others like that bears so much weight yeah you know at the end of the documentary they say in text that they reached out to hunter to be a part of the documentary he initially agreed and then pulled out why do you think that is so I believe he pulled out because he was pretty certain that there was like nothing good anyone could say about him. Like the spin on that, like what were they going to say? Right. Because the truth is what's in the indictment, which is that he literally paid someone to hack into people's accounts to get their nude photos. Like he realized like what he did was just an awful thing. Like how, why would you go on yeah. a documentary and talk about it unless you were sorry and remorseful and you mm. wanted to come out and say, you know, what I did was horrible yeah. and I realize it now. And like on that public platform to then like apologize or say I've changed and I, what I did was wrong. Like we're such a forgiving country. Like mm -hmm. I feel like people, there would be an audience where they'd be like, well, you know, like he's said he's sorry and like maybe he has changed and let's give him another right. chance. But there's no way he's changed, you know? Well, he's no, still I mean, he comes guy. out and fucking sets up a new creepy underground site right. and it's like nothing has changed. So yeah. why would he participate in a documentary unless it was to get the shitty press for his fucked up followers that would right. follow him anyways? Yeah. In that sense, I'm almost surprised he didn't do it because he seems like such a fucking like whatever press is good press if it's, you know... Yeah. my followers get to like yeah but he knew he would have lost followers because people were still believing that what he did was not wrong right you know until the documentary came out and it sh it really shined a light on like the truth yeah you know and and what i heard from that girl that used to run his fan page is apparently he had a lot of anxiety after this documentary was released and he couldn't even leave the house and I don't even know why he would leave the house anyway, because <laughs> at this time he should probably like stay hidden away yeah. until like this documentary has kind of gone away a bit more. But what a like fucked up full circle moment to like his victims that felt like they couldn't leave the house out of embarrassment or fear Holy. or anxiety. And now he's experiencing that. That's like such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And like good. Yeah. Dude. Good. Exactly. Now, um, now you know how I feel a little bit. Yeah. To some degree. Yeah. 
Kayla, thank you so much for being here. This was so informative. I know it's not fun to like reopen and like talk about all of this, but I think it's going to help so many people that have been through similar traumas or anything that's like anxiety inducing and to give people the courage to stand up for themselves and fight back and not roll over and take it when life throws shit at you so thank you yeah thank you so much for having me um do you want to be followed do you want people to find you okay then go ahead and drop your social media girl yeah (laughs) i mean all the only people that are that are going to come from you from hearing this are like love warriors and like great people Um, yeah only positive vibes (laughs) yeah only so go ahead and tell people where they can come find you um yeah so my instagram is at listed by laws oh that's so cute (laughs) i mean i know because i follow you now but like it's such a cute like yeah. play on the reality realtor thing yeah um amazing girl thank you so thank much you. yeah thank you who i want to thank kayla so much for coming and sharing all of that with us i know it's not easy to go back into trauma and reopen those wounds and talk about it again i hope if you guys have not watched this documentary you will go do so there is so much more work that needs to be done with people bullying online and people existing online. The fact that this man was able to go to prison for a crime and then get released and continue to do that crime is wild to me. And it makes me a little sad for the way that our justice system is and the way that our society is. So I hope this episode can bring some awareness to the fact that there needs to be some more laws put into place and some more regulations put into place on social media and how accessible things are for people to continue to harm others in the way that they've already been prosecuted. It's it's absolutely insane to me. As always, make sure you guys are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. If you just are dying for more FML content in your lives, you can join us on patreon.com slash FML Talk. There are five seasons of mini bonus episodes that will give you some serious good stuff. You also get 10% off all of your merch and access to the private self-love Facebook group. And if you want your signed copies or to purchase any of that merch, you can go to eatprayfml.com. As always, have a self-love cocktail on me. Cheers, guys. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and, well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.